0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فإن الجنة هي المأوى (laughs) النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers and elders, Allah has revealed the Quran Sharif as a book of guidance. Right at the beginning of the Quran Sharif, in the opening verses of al Baqarah, Allah Taala says, "Zalikal Kitabul Bafi Muttaqin." That this book, that book of the Quran Sharif, Allah Taala says, has is a, such a book wherein there is absolutely no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt that it is the word of Allah Taala. If somebody has some doubt, it is in his mind, it's not in the Qur'an Sharif. If somebody doesn't understand something that is his deficient thinking, it is not the issue at hand which is clear and perfect. Somebody cannot understand some mathematical problem, so he says, I can't understand it. He says, well, you cannot understand it, but it's clearly and properly calculated, it's all perfect. The deficiency is in your understanding. So likewise, the Qur'an Sharif is perfect. It's a book without any doubt, without the slightest iota of doubt. And Allah Ta'ala says, Hudan lil muttaqeen, it is guidance for the people of taqwa. So those who wish to get to Allah Ta'ala, then the Qur'an Sharif is their way, and that is the purpose of the Qur'an Sharif, to guide them. The Qur'an Sharif, there are numerous aspects in the Qur'an Sharif, but there are three basic themes that run across the Qur'an Sharif. Right from beginning to end. The one is the aspect of Tawheed, the oneness of Allah wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is our Creator, He alone is our Sustainer and Nourisher. Allah Ta'ala feeds us, Allah Ta'ala grants us cure in various Ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala brings this to light repeatedly. الَّذِي هُوَ يُطْعِمُنِي ويستين وَإِذَا Huwa فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ وَالَّذِي يُمِيتُنِي ثُمَّ يحيين In the discussion that Ibrahim والسلام, the debate he had with the people of his time, and he said to them and his father, that Allah Ta'ala alone is my creator. He is the one who sustains me. يُطْعِمُنِي ويستين He gives me food and drink. He gives me food and drink to eat nobody else. And وَإِذَا مَرِدْتُ فَهُوَ When I get ill and sick, it is only Allah Ta'ala that gives cure. Nobody else gives cure. There may be means that are used for this. Satisfying of hunger, for the quenching of thirst, for the relief from ailments and illnesses. But these means are totally in the control of Allah. Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala wills that food will satiate that hunger. Allah Ta'ala wills that food will become the cause of further illness or that food might get stuck in a person's throat and cause his death so this is all in the control of Allah Ta'ala alone and wa Allah Ta'ala alone has given life to start off with. He will give me death one day will make me leave this dunya one day and then bring me to life again but that death in dunya is not the end of it. It's only the start of the eternal journey. So on the one hand, this entire theme of tawhid, throughout the Qur'an Sharif, this is repeatedly put into our hearts and minds, that believe in Allah Ta'ala as the one and only creator, that He has no partner, that He is alone controlling the universe, and He alone grants, Whatever an insan needs, nobody else can give anything to him. Then the second theme in the Quran Sharif is the theme of Risalat, the messengership and the prophethood of Rasulullah. That without the belief in the prophethood of Rasulullah, a person's iman is not complete, it is not acceptable. A person believes in the oneness of Allah ta'ala, but refuses to believe in Rasulullah. Then he is totally rejected. He cannot reach Allah Taala, and he will not be anywhere. There will be no place for him in Jannah. He will be totally rejected in the court of Allah Taala. The only way to reach Allah Taala is via the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. "Qul in kuntum Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that announced to the entire mankind that if you claim to love Allah Ta'ala if you claim that you believe sincerely in Allah Ta'ala then there's only one way to get there فَاتَّبِعُونِ then follow me follow the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the result of this will be Allahu wa kum. Allah Ta'ala will love you He will forgive your sins and مَنْ يُطِعِ atta' Allah the one who obeys the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, only he has obeyed Allah Ta'ala. And the one who tries to do something on his own, get into some other direction, and still think he will reach Allah Ta'ala, then he is just deceiving himself, he is in a delusion, he cannot get anywhere close to Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, from time to time, these are kind of ideas that are being put out. These are kind of ideas that are being repeatedly put out in very, very well articulated literature but that literature is completely something that's from beginning to end taking a person onto the path of Jahannam very nicely written book very nicely written article excellently presented and in a way that's very entertaining sometimes also that grips the reader and takes him along but what is being said in there is many a times even complete kufr. But because there are some ayats that have been quoted, though out of context, there are some Hadiths quoted, though out of context, the person who doesn't have better knowledge, he takes whatever he comes with and thinks that this is perfect, everything is very fine here, there are some ayats quoted here, there are some Hadiths here, and before he knows it, he's corrupted his aqaid. So, likewise, one of these things that are being put out from time to time currently this is one of the things that is doing the rounds in some circles that all you need to believe in is Allah Ta'ala and as far as Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the last and final messenger of Allah Ta'ala and following his way that is Nauzu not so important without that also you can get along there is this unity in diversity unity in diversity so Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam fought against the Mushrikeen was that all futile Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam invited the Yahud and the Nasara towards Deen and told them that look لَوْ Musa وَعِيْسَى لَمَا إِلَّا They little know you even if Musa salam was alive today and even if Isa Ali was alive today they too would have had to follow me, Nabi sallallahu so what about the followers of Musa and isa so all this was just by the way and all the various efforts of Rasulullah to invite people towards one Allah and towards his messengership was that all null and void, all without any purpose and objective. So these are all false and deviated and corrupted beliefs that are being pushed out. That all rivers meet in the same place and get to the same ocean. So whether a person is a Hindu, whether he is a Christian, whether he's is a Jew, whether he is anything, all will finish off in the same place, don't worry about it. zalik this is a way to get a person away from his imam. So we need to be very 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 cautious about what we read what we listen to because not everything there is authentic and many things are being specially prepared to corrupt people's iman and to take them out of the pale of Islam and in a way that the person doesn't even feel that something has happened so any case this is the second theme that runs throughout the Quran Sharif one is the theme of Tawheed the oneness of Allah Ta'ala and the special attributes of Allah Ta'ala and then the second is the theme of Tawheed the Risalat and the messengership of Rasulullah ﷺ, and that a person wishes success in dunya and akhirat. The eternal success of the year after, and whether the success of this temporary life of this dunya, it is only in the following of Rasulullah ﷺ. Nabi ﷺ has clearly expressed this in many many ahadith. Kullu illa man abha. Every single person of my ummah will finally enter jannah. Except those who reject. Sahaba inquired, who reject, this is a very broad term. What does it mean who reject? Nabi Islam said, Man ata'ani the khalal jannah. man asa'ni faqad The one who obeys me, my way, he'll enter jannah. There's no other way but the way of Rasulullah. And the one who contradicts my way, then he will end up in Jahannam. So this is the second theme that goes throughout the Quran Sharif, the theme of Risalat. And we have to believe in that Nabi Sam is the final messenger of Allah wa ta'ala. there is nobody to come after him, and success is only in his way of life. Then the third theme that runs throughout the Quran Sharif, from the beginning, from Suratul Baqarah, from the opening verses of Suratul Baqarah, right up to the end, is the theme of Akhirat. The belief in the hereafter. Right in the beginning of Suratul Baqarah, Allah Taala speaks about the Quran Sharif being the book of guidance. Allah Taala also speaks about the special quality of the wa bil Akhirati hum yuqinun. Al-Ladin bil Ghayb, wa yuqimun al-Salaah, wa min ma rizqnahum minfiqun, wa al-Ladin yu'minun bima unzila ilayka wa ma unzila min qablik, w bil Akhirati hum yuqinun. That who are the believers? They believe in the unseen. We haven't seen Jannat, we have firm belief that's a reality. It's not just a state of mind, again as some people are trying to deceive people into believing. And now, Jannat and Jahannam are just a state of mind. But the reason why these things are highlighted is that these are things being pushed out. And our children are sometimes picking it up in schools, in the universities, in any article that they are reading somewhere, on something that they are listening to on the airwaves, and they are actually even saying these things, that Jannat is just a state of mind. Jahannam is just a state of mind. Whereas the reality is that these are created entities, they are existing as we sit and speak now. And Nabi took him and showed him, the reality of Jannat. What is going on in Jahannam? So, one of the first things is بالغيب, that they believe in the unseen Jannat is unseen to us we believe in it we believe in Jahannam it's a reality we believe on the day of Qiyamah that's also unseen in fact we believe in innumerable unseen things that Allah and His Nabi have given us and then at the end of this discussion Allah Ta'ala says hum يُقِنُونَ and they have complete conviction Yaqeen, in the akhirat what is the Akhirat? The Akhirat is the year after. The Akhirat is the year after that this life when it ends, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. When a person's eyes close, the real eyes open. When his eyes close in dunya, then he starts seeing the reality of the Akhirat. Even Fir'aun saw the reality. Fir'aun the worst kafir, the worst disbeliever that ever set foot on earth. Who claimed, Anna Rabbukumul Aala," that I am your greatest Rabb, Na'uz But when he started leaving this dunya and the eyes of reality opened, but at that time when the pangs of death come, it's too late to now believe. It's too late, the doors of Tawbah are then closed. At that time, he too said, Aman to Rabbi Harun wa Musa. I brought Iman in the Rabb of Harun and Musa. Their Rabb I also believe in now. when? But now already death is in front of him, staring him in the eye. So at that time, he also saw the reality, the real eyes opened out. He could see the angels of Azab in front of him. The angel of death about to extract his soul, he could see it. He could see the punishment that is now coming headlong towards him. Then it is too late to believe. Because that is no more unseen, that is seen. And a mu'min believes in the unseen that Allah has given him, the knowledge of. And then the Nabi Islam has passed on the knowledge of us. So, Akhirat is this year after, which starts off from the death of a person. That he believes in the questions of the grave. Man rabbuk wa deenuk ma fi hadar rajul That he'll be questioned, who is your Rabb? And who is, what is your deen? What way of life you lived? Who you followed? And what do you have to say regarding Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So, he believes in this, he believes that the day of judgment is coming, (coughs) that a person will be questioned about his deeds, what he did in dunya, and now this is the belief in akhirat that keeps a Muslim practicing on Islam, that keeps a Mu'min acting according to the dictates of Iman, that there are certain dictates of Iman and Islam. And without fulfilling that, a person's direct passage to Jannah is not possible. Except Allah Allah shows some special grace. But as far as the rule is concerned, he'll have to live his life of Iman and Islam. But without this belief in Akhirat being the way it should be, then there is nothing else that stops a person from doing what his desires demand. And therefore in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we decided at the beginning, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّي عَنِ الْهوَى فَإِنَّ هِي <الْمَأْوَى> Allah Ta'ala has created insan and has created many things within him. On the one hand there are human needs of food and drink. He cannot go past the whole day without eating and drinking anything. At the most one day will go past, the next day he'll be dying of hunger. He has to eat, he has to drink, then together with that, in the insan, there are certain desires that come within him, Allah has created the insan in such a way, that this is part of the test of dunya, that there are various temptations that drag him in different directions, and then there is shaitan trying to lure him, and trying to distract him, and trying to waylay him, and hijack him. Now in all that, he is still expected to keep his eyes on the road. And keep his destination in front of him. And what is going to be that which is going to keep him and save him from taking the detours, from going off the road, from getting caught in the deception of the scenery on the sides, is only one thing. maqam Allah Ta'ala says, the one who fears standing in front of his Rabb on the day of Qiyamah. This is a belief of Akhirat. There is a day to come. Person who has this Yaqeen, that there is a day coming ahead. When everything will be accounted for. Now a person is standing in court. And he's standing in court and he's been put in the box. So now he has to answer questions, he has to give an account of whatever has transpired before the issue, whatever has brought up the case. So he chooses his words very carefully, what I'm going to say, everything is going to count against me. Now that situation that a person finds himself in the box, Allah Allah, save us all from it, this is this dunya, that a person has to live his life in that way, that everything is going to be accounted for. What he says is going to be accounted for. A person doesn't have this conviction in akhirat. He feels, good, "What does it matter? Who I speak to, how I speak, whether I swear at somebody, whether I just say something that is hurtful and break somebody's heart—what it matters? I'm in authority. So if I say something, then anybody else likes it, doesn't like it—it's up to them." Whereas, a person who has this conviction in Akhirat, he'll think differently. That what I say here, I'm going to pay for it there. If not here, sometimes it comes even in dunya. Otherwise, I'll pay for it there. One king, now, he's got that strength, he's got that authority, he's got that power, he can click his fingers and make things happen. So, there was one piece of land that he was very, very interested in it, looked very nice. So he decided to just come and usurp it. There was one old woman that was living in one corner. She owned one portion there as well. So he said, well, fine, just pay her something and just get out. So she said, but I'm not selling. This belongs to me and I'm not selling. He said, well, we pay you ten times the amount, but I'm not selling. So any case, this was taken by force and usurped. Because now dunya, person who doesn't have that conviction in akhirat, so what does it matter to him what he did, how he usurped somebody's property, or usurped somebody's wealth, or how he committed zulm on someone in some other way, doesn't mean anything to him. Whether he committed zulm in somebody by his tongue, or by his hand, or in some other way he committed zulm, life carries on for him. So here, now the people of the king came, they just threw out of the and they started building up whatever they wanted to build what does the old woman do, widow she's got nowhere to go no place to hide, no place to take refuge so one day now after some time had passed and this palace is getting built there was one road there was a bridge that had to pass people had to pass off that bridge it was like a kind of single bridge, very narrow so she was She became aware that the king tomorrow is going to be passing here. He'll have to pass this bridge. So beforehand she went, and now it's a very narrow bridge, so obviously there isn't much space. She went and seated herself on the middle of that bridge. And now as the king's whole cavalcade came, so she quickly walked out in the way. And she grabbed the reins of the horse of the king. Now with all his people there, but she did it so quickly that Now nobody could even stop her. And then she addressed the king and said to him that look, you want to settle it on this bridge or on that bridge. There's a small bridge here, you want to settle it here, or you want to settle it on the bridge on the day of Tiyamat. There there will be no other respite for you. If you leave it now, and you want to settle it later, then it's too late. But you want to settle it now, then there's a chance that you'll save yourself from that Great problem of the day of Qiyamad. So This is that lesson that she gave. That day is that choice. A person has that choice. What do you want to do? You want to settle it in dunya or leave it for the akhirat? The akhirat then it's a major problem. Then there's no other respite. Once a person has gone out of dunya, now it's too late to make amends with anybody here in dunya. Now this is that belief in akhirat. That belief in the hereafter. Which wakes a person out of his bed at fajr time and brings him to the masjid. This is what my Allah wants from me at this at this time. That belief in akhirat. It is that belief in akhirat that saves him from indulging in haram, from looking at haram. That how long am I going to hide? I'm going to put the passwords on. Maybe my wife won't be able to crack the code. Allah, Allah doesn't know and he can't take me to account on the day of tiyamah. So when there's a belief and that conviction in akhirat, then that won't be something that will tempt him, that I know how to block it up with passwords, so I'll get away with it. When there's a conviction in akhirat, then he will not commit zulm in any way. Whether in his words, in his deeds, he won't commit zulm on anybody. Because he understands that Zulmu Zulumatun Yawm Al Qiyamah. He's got belief in Akhirat. That Zulm will become a means of great difficulties on the day of Qiyamah. And this belief in Akhirat, then he will conduct his business also in the way that Allah is pleased with. There is this very lengthy hadith Sharif in Bukhari Sharif, which the details, no time to go into. But there was one person who had been hired by some Qureshi and taken on some journey to come as, a, as some assistant. Any case, there was some altercation and the employer, the person who hired him, killed him. So now, he came back and he made up a story that, well, this person passed away, he was sick and he passed away. As a lengthy incident, we just bring it down to the main issue. So he made up the story and got away, but meanwhile when he left that person for dead, that person was still, there was still some life in him. He left him for dead and thought he's gone. While he was still living, somebody else was passing by, he somehow managed to get the message to this person, that look, this is what has happened to me, so and so, assaulted me in this way, and now I'm just dying, my life is going. When you get to Makkah Mukarramah, you must call for the Quraysh and Abdul Muttalib and give this whole detail. So in any case this is what happened, eventually this message came out, the long and short of it is that this truth came out. So the leaders called this person who had made the employer and told him look this is the truth. But now we got no evidence about it, we got one man's word, so now according to the way that has to be settled, you bring 50 people to take an oath that you are truthful in what you are saying. The lengthy issue, in any case we are not going into that detail, so he said 50 people to take an oath, what's the problem with that? very easy he went back to his people because they told him either you do this either you pay the blood money or you do this or then we'll take your life he said blood money very difficult 100 camels I'm not giving 100 camels for nothing my life I'll save my life at any cost even if I had to just make a lie so he went to his people brought 50 people and came so the people were selected by the leaders 50 people came and they were now ready to take a false oath they all know their lives But two people came out of it, one person came and he said please, there's the two camels in lieu of the 50 oaths, one is mine, two camels, you take it, release me from this oath. Okay, very well, you go. And another youngster, his mother came and said, please save my son from this oath. I don't want him to take a false oath. So they just gave him respite, okay fine, we'll take 48 oaths. Now these 48 people took a false oath and they all knew they are taking a false oath. Now this is actually happening, Nabi Salaam is explaining this, it happened even before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi proclaimed Dubuat. Before Islam came. This happened in the time of Jahiliyah. So in any case, now these forty eight people took a false oath and very happy about themselves. We saved our man, life is carrying on, who knows the better. And why should we worry about anything? But sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes it apparent in dunya also. Now out of the 50 people, one person paid his two camels, he got saved. The other person's mother came and he said, please give my son respite out of this. I don't want my son to have any kind of involvement in a situation of a lie. So then Abu, Abu Talib gave him respite, okay fine, go. Now the 48 people who had taken the false oath were very happy about themselves. But Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala'an is relating this hadith sharif from Nabi sallallahu alaihi And says that finally this happened that within the span of that one year within one year only all of those 48 people there was one, not one of them living every one of them, one after the other just died something of 48 people of one immediate extended family one extended family 48 people, one after the other some thing or the other all gone but what happened? because they were all interrelated So as each one died, now his inheritance somebody got and then somebody got and it went down the line. Eventually this one youngster who saved himself from the false oath. I don't want to take a false oath. I don't want to lie. There's a hereafter coming. He had some conviction, some belief. So he refused to take that false oath and he was so to say an outcast that he is not standing alongside those who want to take the false oath, but as these 48 people died, one after the other, eventually he became the sole heir of the estate of all these 48 people, as it went down the line and came because all were interrelated, now how they were interrelated and so on, but eventually he became the sole heir of the estate of all these 48 people, why, because he wanted to stay away from haram. He didn't want to have anything to do with haram because he had belief in the akhirat. That there's a day to come. I can't live my life as I want. I have to answer to Allah Ta'ala. This life will come to an end. When it will come to an end also I have no idea. In moments, in moments life can come to an end. And every other day we hear about somebody, he just went away in a moment. Foot healthy, walking, talking and gone in a moment. So where my life will go, person who's got belief in that akhirat, he'll keep himself in environments that he'll be happy to die in. He won't put himself in an environment that Allah forbid, if his life comes out there, it'll be the worst regret of his life. He won't be doing things that he will, if he, Allah forbid a person dies in that condition of haram, then that will be the worst regret that, why? It's too late, but too late to regret forget the embarrassment and shame for the people that get left behind but too late for him to regret so what is going to be the thing that stops him Allah Ta'ala says that the one who fears standing in front of his Rabb the day of Qiyamah how he is going to he has to answer for everything what answers he going to give how he spent his life how he spent his youth where he earned his money from where he spent it all these questions, the four basic questions every person will be asked before he moves from the spot he's standing on and all the rest of his life so now the person who has this what will be the result of this this will help him and he'll be the person who will restrain his desires restrain and curb all the haram temptations he will suppress the things that take him towards the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. what will be the end result فَإِنَّ <الْمَعْوَى> Jannat will be his abode. He'll get directly to the abode of Jannat. This is our destination, this is our target, this is our abode. This is what we have to aspire for, what we have to work for. Dunya is a very temporary place. Allah Ta'ala didn't create us in dunya for the merry-making of dunya. While the ni'mats and the bounties, this too is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. This too is a bounty from Allah Ta'ala. Whatever comes in a halal way, the halal ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, We'll enjoy and make shukar over it. But we haven't been created for this. We haven't been created to make the dunya the object of our life. The object of our life is the akhirat. <laughs> is the pleasure of Allah Taala wa ta'ala. وَرِضْوَانٌ duanum min That the pleasure of Allah ta'ala is the greatest. In what will I get the pleasure of Allah ta'ala? What do I do now? What do I speak now? Where do I look now? What do I listen to now? In every moment these are the questions. And what do I think about now? This is what will earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala when all this is in accordance with what Allah Ta'ala wants from me. Then even in that moments when a person is in relaxation mode, whether he's enjoying some bounties and na'mas of Allah Ta'ala, whether he's enjoying the best food that Allah Ta'ala has provided for him, and whatever other comforts and luxuries Allah Ta'ala has blessed him, but if he is within these points, he is still progressing and getting closer to Allah Ta'ala this is what we have to keep pondering about keep reflecting on that whatever we do we have to keep this akhirat in front of us this hereafter in front of us that there's a day to come where we have to answer for everything answer for what we did what we spoke, how we spoke it where we looked, what we looked at and what we listened to and everything else Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq, grant us a firm conviction on akhirat and enable us to live our life in such a way that on the day of qiyamah and in fact, when our souls are leaving, then this proclamation is made to us: "Ya ayyatu nafsul mutma'inna irjii ila Rabbi ki rabbiyatam arbiya fadhulifi ibadi khuli jannati." That soul which has complete contentment upon Allah Taala, which is completely in ithminan, in tranquility in with His Rabb, and who is that soul which was in complete obedience to Allah Taala? And that soul will be told you return to Allah Ta'ala irji ila rabbik radiatan in a condition that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you and you are pleased with Allah Ta'ala and enter jannah and my special servants Allah Ta'ala us you tawfiq wa akhir da'wanan alhamdulillah